Welcome to Shopcast, a weekly podcast where we answer questions about some of the most important values of the growing prayer movement in Canada. My name is Emily, and joining me today, as always, is Brian Creary, Director of Sanctuary House of Prayer in Winnipeg, and also my dad. Hi, Em. Hi. So I'm excited about today's topic because it reminded me of a uh, of you when you were a little girl. And today we're going to talk about heaven and eternity. And and when you were a little girl, we used to talk about that. You used to freak out because the idea that we would go to heaven and we would live forever used to mess your mind up. Do you remember that? Yeah, because it still does. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Well, hopefully this series is going to get you past that. Okay. But that's when you were a little girl, you used to say that and you'd be. I would cry. Yeah, I remember but, it. It just like gave me complete anxiety. Because the idea that it never ended. Yeah, I hate that. It just went on and on, <laughs> on forever. I was like, how boring. <laughs> yeah, and that's because that's going to fit perfectly into what we're talking about in this next session and beyond because that's part of the problem with how we understand heaven. So. Okay, so tell me about heaven and why it matters. Great question. Uh, the issue of heaven is one of those ones that is so clearly biblical and is and, and the idea of heaven is so much a part of our culture, and yet if we're going to be completely honest, we don't actually know very much about it. And there's some reasons for that, which we'll, we'll get to in a little bit, but um, the, the fact that there's a, an actual place uh, where God lives, called heaven, where there's a certain kind of way in which things are done, and there's a culture to the place, and there's a structure and form to it, and it's it's the place where you go when when you die. If you if you're born again and you love Jesus, you actually go there. That your relatives who were Christians and believers are actually there right now. To separate those two realities and think, well, we're just here, and heaven doesn't matter at all because it's just often the distance somewhere and it's just something that doesn't is not relevant is a problem for us even in the just basic life and in the prayer movement all the more so do we need to know what's going on so here here's a bible verse that that people don't often think about it this way but Jesus teaches us how to pray in Matthew chapter 6 and uh, they ask him they say teach us how to pray and he says okay if you're going to pray pray like this our father in heaven so already we've got heaven in there so our father who lives in heaven Hallowed be your name, let your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So twice we have in the opening line of the prayer that Jesus says, if you're going to pray, you should pray like this. He references the idea of heaven. And so you can't pray that prayer if you have no idea uh, what he's talking about when he, when he says, uh, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You just can't do it. You can't. You can't make sense of the kind of prayer that you're supposed to pray if you think that heaven is just like uh, clouds and people floating around with harps, you know, and singing hallelujah or something and, and just disconnected from, from reality. What does that have to do with uh, what's going on on the earth? Why would we pray that? Why would we say that your will be done in Winnipeg or in Vancouver or Toronto or, you know, the nations of the earth? Why would we do that if all heaven is, is this disembodied place where we float around on clouds and there's just nothing happening. And so there's got to be something going on if Jesus is highlighting that. The Father lives in heaven. You should pray that what goes on in heaven actually happens on the earth. And so therefore, you got to know what heaven is. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So if Jesus is asking us to pray on earth as it is in heaven, then 
what are we actually looking at and why why would he ask us to do that? So you want to know the details. What, what's actually going on there? Yeah. Okay, so uh, if you relied on popular culture, um, which has completely co-opted the idea of heaven into you know into our media and into our our entertainment, then we would have some very strange ideas. I mean, think about the use of the word heaven and how often heaven comes up. You take heavenly vacations, we eat heavenly hash ice cream. I mean, heaven, <laughs> heaven just sounds like anything that is sort of better than normal. Mm. If it's better and it's kind of filled with pleasure, mm-hmm. therefore it's heaven. And because we use that so frequently and it's in music, uh, you know, you're with your girlfriend and, you know, it's like yeah, I'm in heaven, you know, and that kind of language just gets used endlessly. And so heaven just sounds like this sort of generic kind of ex- state of existence where things are happy and better. But the Bible doesn't teach us that at all. It teaches that heaven's an actual place with physical structure, with people, beings, some beings that we know exist, some that we see reference that we don't really know what they're like, angels in heaven and four living creatures and various things that we'll talk about in another episode. But there's a lot going on in heaven. And there's a culture of heaven. There's a way in which they, they behave and in which the, the Lord, unhindered by the presence of sin and rebellion, this is the way it works in a, in a place called heaven. So when, when the Bible says something like, set your mind on things above and not on earthly things, he's talking not about a generic sort of, you know, I, I saw a commercial one time, I think it was for cream cheese. You know, and it was a lady in heaven surrounded by clouds and it was all white and there she was on her on her bed and she wanted her servant, who was a, of course, a gorgeous looking guy dressed in white to come along and to spread the cream cheese on her bagel because this was heaven. And heaven was the, was the culmination of reclining on the bed, gorgeous man serving me food, and of course, cream cheese because that was the point of the commercial. <laughs> it's like, that's heaven? Heaven is just, uh, we're on a permanent holiday and everybody's good looking and the food tastes good? There's, there is more going on there, but the, the popular culture has just enfolded that in. And the Lord has given us very clear parameters of what it looks like. And it, so it really matters when you get to, to prayer, which again, we'll talk about in a bit. But if you're not praying accurately, then you're just kind of hoping that it'll somehow just all sort of work out. And pr- we know from our previous discussions, when you're praying, you're looking to agree with what it is that he's, he's doing or he's saying or he wants to accomplish. And so I'll tell you what heaven is not. Heaven is not a place where, uh, well, all that popular culture, that's definitely not heaven. It's not just a place where you're happy with your girlfriend or your boyfriend or you, the food tastes good. Although I believe that we'll have exceeding joy in heaven and I believe that the food will taste good. There's actually food in heaven based on the descriptions of the, of the Bible. Um, there's some debate as to whether or not your pets get there. Uh, <laughs> they get there. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Uh, pet lovers are convinced that all animals will make it into heaven, and they probably will. I, we just, I'm not super clear on that, but but there is more going on, is my point. And, and, and so I like to say it like this. In this world in which we live, we've been placed inside a, a world, and we live here, and we have constraints, and we have restrictions, and the world that we live in is real. We feel the effects of weariness and being tired. If you hurt yourself, you feel pain. Gravity keeps you on the ground. You know, all of those things are true. You you uh, have the dynamic, human dynamics, relationships between people. Those are all part of the world that we live in. The heavenly realm or the unseen realm, the one that you cannot see, is not any less real just because you can't see it. And so we have this wave learning about heaven that's been built into us 
it's really been around for a couple thousand years, but we're just taught that this is the way it is. In heaven, you can't really see what's going on. Therefore, none of these things are, are the same. They're not as real. And I think we've, we've been really fooled by, by wrong teaching. It's, heaven is very real and is just as tangible and is just as, has just as much impact on us uh, here as it does there in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to give you an example from the scriptures that references heaven, but gives some real substance and structure to it just to help us to see it as something more real. New Living Translation is Revelation chapter 8, starting at verse 3. John's having a uh, visitation, but of course we know from chapter 4 that he goes through the door and he steps into the throne room. He's in heaven. And so in chapter 8, he's still seeing things around him in heaven. Uh, Then another angel with a gold incense burner came and stood at the altar, and a great amount of incense was given to him to mix with the prayers of God's people as an offering of gold on the gold altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense mixed with the prayers of God's holy people ascended up to God from the altar where the angel had poured them out. Then the angel filled the incense burner with fire from the altar and threw it down upon the earth and thunder crashed, lightning flashed, and there was a terrible earthquake. Now, a lot of people would read that and they go, oh, it's all poetic. It's all metaphorical. You know, it doesn't mean what it says, except I actually think that these passages are provided for specifically so that we can see that the location of heaven is real and has dynamics. Now, think about what we just read. It sounds like earth. (laughs) It kind of does. You got a a fire, you got an altar, you got incense, you got smoke. He puts it inside the incense holder. He takes it and he hurls it down to the earth. I always, you know, if you could see me, I would demonstrate this where I think the incense holders that they have in like the liturgical churches are usually on a long chain. I grew up a Catholic, so so the container would be at the bottom. It would be a, co- a hot coal, and the incense would be burning. Smoke would come out, but then there'd be this long chain where they would swing it back and forth. I think that's what happens. I think he goes to the fiery coals. He takes the incense. He mixes them together, puts it inside, and then he takes it and swings it around and around and around and, and hurls it down to the earth, and you've got the results of the prayers, the agreement of the people, the Lord's people, combined with the will of God, And here comes the judgments that are following. And the next thing you see, starting in verse six, is the first four trumpets. Mm. Now that's a we're in an end times discussion if we go down that path, but but it's real. In heaven it's real. There's real fire, there's real smoke, there's real incense, there's a real angel, there's a real container. And so this idea that it's all just kind of gaseous and cloudy and nothing is has any substance to it is not accurate. Heaven is much like here, except Way better, better. <laughs> not, not a little bit better, but it's in its perfected form. It's the way the Lord would want it. Mm. And you know what it's like to live on this earth. Mm-hmm. We don't feel like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think like, I actually don't know who said it. Maybe you said it, but when I think of like the transition from earth to heaven, there's like so many different like um, examples in the Bible just like of how like awful earth actually is compared to what the Lord wants for Mm, us. mm. And even even like wanted at the beginning. Yeah. Or even like the struggle that we have like right now we see dimly, right? But then we will see like in full. But like I always think of earth as like you're running through water and like you're you're like waist deep trying to run through a pool. And it's just just like impossible. (laughs) And then when you get to heaven, you like pop out Mm. of it and you're like suddenly on the beach and you can, well, not on the beach because you can't run on sand either, but you're like on the pavement now. And so now you can actually like move 
and it just feels like wow i'm alive <laughs> so all the res- all the the restraint and the restriction and the and the and the resistance the things that oppose us the mm-hmm. weight of sin the burden of of just being humans living on a broken earth weighs down against us and it's like we don't even realize right. how bad it really is totally like you don't even have to be like in a terrible situation to feel the effects of all of those things like you can be living a perfectly happy life mm-hmm. and be in like the best spot you've ever been in but still like have the effects of not god's perfect will yeah so that like you're feeling still tired right. and hungry which yep. are just normal like bodily uh responses you know but mm-hmm. that's still you don't get tired in heaven which is kind of sad because i like sleeping well there's no rule that says you can't sleep i guess so you just don't have to sleep oh that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I'm going to spend a couple thousand years sleeping. <laughs> I think you probably are. I mean, uh, I think that what you're describing is right, that we are under all those restraints and, and we're oppressed by the enemy and the, just the fallen world that we live in plays on us. And when we step out of this life and we breathe our last and, we, and, and our spirit leaves our body and we enter into heaven, I think you're right. I think we're going to feel the lightness and the ease and the, just the life flow within us like we've never felt before and realize just how difficult it actually was to do this on the earth. Tomorrow I go to a funeral. Uh, there's a, a friend of mine, a lady who has served in our city for many, many years and has been really involved in all kinds of major initiatives. She was a real uh, strong uh, intercessor and just cared deeply about the kingdom. And, and so we're going to go to her funeral and, and just really remember and honor her. And I, she was sick for a number of months before she finally uh, went to be with the Lord. I think that as she lay in her bed, feeling just the you know broken and and slowing down and coming to the end of her life, you would you'd never feel more just exhausted and and restrained by by life on the earth. The moment she breathed her last and she left her body and she crossed over, she I, I am certain she just sprung forth with all the life that she was intended, saw Jesus, entered into this place called heaven, and the fullness of all that she was created for is now manifesting in her life because she's a free, she's free and she's in the place that the Lord said, back to our verse, pray that on earth you would experience what it's like in heaven. Pray that my will and my purposes and the way where you live would experience what it's actually like in this place called heaven. And so the Lord is is educating us and helping us, and we've got lots to see, which we'll do in another episode. Right. Well, that's all we have time for, but we'll continue talking about heaven in our next episode. So if you want more information on things like this and on other stuff, then you can check out our website at sanctuaryhop.com. And on behalf of myself and my dad, you've been listening to Shopcast. Shopcast.